Welcome to the Lingerie Lowdown podcast, where we ignite your passion for lingerie and empower you to feel fabulous. Are you ready to be inspired, delighted and informed? Well, you've come to the right place. We believe that style has no boundaries. Age, gender, body shape, size or ethnicity. Everyone deserves to look good and feel great. Get ready for a whirlwind of informative chats about lingerie and the brands we love. You can also find us on YouTube, Rumble, Instagram and Twitter or come join our website. Hello guys. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome to another video and audio podcast from me, Aurora Phoenix and Monica Lara Smith. <laughs> Hi guys, Hi, how is your day? I hope you're feeling good and if not, We'll do our best to make you feel better. Yeah, so our topic for today is how the modelling industry has changed since years ago with the use of social media and internet models and influencers. So yeah, we have quite a lot to say about this. Yes, by the way guys, do you like our background today? <laughs> we've moved on to our patio because before we were filming inside, but we thought since the sunshine isn't here yet, um, maybe we can just uh, take this opportunity and film outdoors. So yeah, so, I really yeah. like it. <laughs> These chairs are really nice. Um, okay, let's so, off topic. <laughs> so yeah, we're in Sweden right now and we're on a modelling tour, um, as you might have known if you've listened to any of the other podcasts or if this is the first one you're listening to. This is the first you know we're in Sweden. So yes. Yeah, we're in Stockholm. We're in Stockholm and we're having a really nice um, house. Um, more on the outskirts of Stockholm. Yeah, more on the outskirts, yeah. yeah. But because the weather is so beautiful, we can tan here, we can do our content here, and we can also have some shoes on our patio, which is amazing, because we have the sun is here all day almost. Yeah. It's literally coming from that side. So, yes, it's nice to be in a different location, because before when I was in Stockholm, I was in the city centre, which is also a good idea to do. So maybe next time we can do a city yeah. centre, um, but now it's kind of nice to be in nature and Sweden has got lots of it. So, yeah, we're really enjoying it. Yeah, so I think um, I'll talk about maybe just how things have changed so much because um, we're going to mainly talk about freelance modelling for this because I don't know a huge amount about agency modelling. Um, but it's just how models used to have to be on studio books. And I think photographers were saying they had to like write a letter to the studio and the studio phoned a model and asked if they were free. Like even though it was freelance modeling, nothing was really like direct. So now you can just contact a model directly. So things are different in that aspect. Hmm. Really? That sounds like a very complicated process. Um, so as for me, um, I've joined the industry maybe about five or maybe six years ago. And since I joined, I haven't done back in the days when I joined six years ago. I don't think I did many studio days. I think I started from home shoots straight away or shoots in um, at photographers places. So I haven't got much experience when it comes to these sort of studios that Aurora is talking about. But I've definitely, I definitely remember situations where there were 
group shoots that were very popular or where there was like an event at the studio and photographers would often offer like a fixed rate um, for the models. So it was very, very different because now I feel like models dictate their own fees, rates and terms and conditions on how they want to be treated, how they want to work, how much they want to get paid. And before it was all down to photographers, I think, and studio owners. So the power dynamic was definitely different than it is now. It's changed for better, I think. Yeah, and I think I heard from some models who've been in the industry like much longer than me because I've been in the industry for like I think five to six years as well because I started when I was 19, I'm 24 now. Um, but yeah, apparently photographers used to have like a fixed rate that they would only set on a very low rate of 20 or 25 pounds to maybe 30 per hour. But then all of them would say, right, we're only going to pay models this rate and kind of like club together. Mm. Now, I don't really think photographers can kind of work together like against models or try to try and control things. I think it's more models going up against photographers with group chats and spreading stuff and yeah like spreading like diseases not diseases just like i think there's this group chat in scotland and it's literally mental like as soon as i literally said one thing um it was in the group chat and everyone was talking about it and all it was was one photographer wanted me to stay the night in his house and offered me like accommodation so i just was asking if he was safe and then a million talking heads were jumping up and then you know people yeah. were saying just Something so stupid escalated so quickly. So I think there's loads of model group chats. Models always talk. We always support each other. Unless it's like drama filled, like the Scottish group chat. <laughs> I'm in that group chat. And I guess it's a good thing because what you can do, you can put the name there um, in the chat and you can search for certain keywords. So you can put somebody's name or, I don't know, Scotland or anything you want. I'm really sorry, we're going to have a few so you can put different keywords and it's going to take you to um, the part of the chat when that person, that name or that location or studio was discussed and you can go there and you can read everything you want about a certain situation or person um, and the group chat is going on, it's, it's relentless, it's going <laughs> on and going on and sometimes I'm thinking as much as I love the idea of it, um, sometimes I'm thinking, how do people find time to be on it yeah. all the time? It's, I think it's the same, like, yeah, the same, like, five or six people are always in it. I'm not in it, but my friend who's Scottish just, like, screenshots it to me and stuff. Oh, yes. And I think she added me at one point. I may have muted the chat because I just had enough. Yeah. And I only go to Scotland, like, twice a year, so I don't really need to be super in it but i guess it's a good yeah. thing you know to have this sort of like social network for models especially for them to uh, warn each other about things um yeah it's just a busy group chat for sure yeah i'm trying to think about what we're going to talk about next i will say that um like years ago there weren't that many freelance models who were actually willing to go topless or nude or shoot high levels oh, really? um a lot of people wanted to shoot i think like fashion and laundry or implied nude um, and stuff like that. So I think it was a bit different, like when there was one model wanting to shoot, you know, topless at a group shoot, all the photographers would shoot with her and they would contact her to book her for other shoots because I think that it was a very small knit community of maybe, I don't know, 30 to 40 models. I don't think it was like on Purple Port when there's literally hundreds and so many models accessible. So I think they would find that one topless model and everybody around the town would book her. 
she was the only one willing to go topless or something oh, like this. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's interesting now how I think the industry sort of exploded with internet modelling. Like, it's got more competitive, but also as more models have been about, more photographers have been about as well. So it's just expanded and expanded, um, which is literally yeah. mental. Yeah, I think... Um, I don't remember exactly how many models were out there when I started because it was about six years ago. I think the market was kind of fairly saturated anyways, regardless. I think it was still quite busy when it comes to models and photographers. But these days, it's definitely oversaturated. <laughs> um, we have a very high supply of models in the UK market. When it comes to, we're talking about freelancers i'm not talking about agency models because um we we don't really do any agency kind of work so and or more like commercial work or uh, cap work so we not talking about that we're talking about more like freelance modeling and also um kind of hobbyist modeling of photography so this kind of area um so yes definitely we have a very high supply of models uh, lots of photographers as well, lots of studios. Um, and yeah, which means if you have like a very high supply of models and maybe slightly less supply of photographers, that means that our rates will be, let's say, compromised in a way. Because if we have a big number of models charging, let's say, £20 per hour, they sort of dictate the value of the market. So uh, that becomes a little bit tricky for us models um, because yeah. obviously if there's such a high supply, then the models will have to, in a way, adapt to the market. Yeah. And as much as a model, you can charge whatever you want. And I think it's way better than years ago when that the price, the rates were fully dictated by photographers and studios. Now we can take control of our own rates and terms and conditions. We still have to look at the market and we still need to, in a way, adjust and make these rates sort of adequate to the, the demand that there is in the market. And obviously, if the supply is higher than the demand, obviously, there are less photographers to photograph all the models. So most of them will go for the lower prices. So we kind of need to keep that in mind. Um, although I still think it's way better than it used to be. Um, and that kind of takes us to power dynamic and the way it's changed. So when Aurora mentioned before that there were fixed rates for the models and studio um, owners and photographers were dictating what the rates were and they were even like creating like cliques to yeah. sort of um, make, make sure yeah. that the rates were whatever they wanted them to be and nobody else can charge anymore now the good thing is I feel like the power is in our hands as models we have more power over our rates we have more power over how we shoot what we shoot our levels we make sure that our levels and the way we shoot the way we work is being respected and that we're comfortable with so I, I do like the idea of models being in control of their own you know rates and their bodies as well because that's very important because I remember back in the days um, when I don't know I was a little girl let's say and when I was thinking about being a model because obviously like most girls want to be, want to be models so 
when I was watching these like fashion shows or when I was reading about different photo shoots, like, you know, world famous, I don't know, Kate Moss, uh, high end models. I always got that impression that a model is just a model and she doesn't have much control over anything. Like she has to sort of like cater to the photographer agency because agencies were massive back in the days. They still massive in like fashion industry or like commercial work, editorial, um, but not with glamour anymore. So I felt like a model was just, just a model. She didn't have much to say. She didn't have many choices very often. She just had to go along with whatever was expected from her. While these days we have models who literally organize a whole trip abroad and she chooses who she wants to work with she chooses who's going on that holiday same with events before when i remember when i started all the events at the studios you know like back in the 70s or different sort of events like themed events they were all organized by photographers and studio owners all of them and now probably most of them are being organized by models so I really love this idea about this sort of change power dynamic in our industry and that we take control of what we do, what we charge and how we present ourselves. Yeah. I think I think I was shocked years ago when I actually found out about freelance modeling because I never really like wanted to like become a model, but I just found out like out of like a friend. Um because she kind of was like on purple for, and I didn't know it could actually be a job and freelance modeling was a thing. I think I only knew about agency modeling. So when I found out you can get your own jobs and organize your own things and represent yourself, like I actually was just unaware that that was even possible. And now it's sort of my full-time job. So that's, that's mental. But I think, yeah, we should probably talk about studios, like how studios um, have like closed down and there's not as many available and models are booking Airbnbs and their own sort of accommodation now. Um, like we sort of um, booked an Airbnb um, for this particular tour. Um, and, you know, we can yeah. we can do do what we like from the place when normally models were touring and staying at studios. So when I went up to Scotland, a studio owner said models used to stay in the studio for four or five days and we'd host them and they would shoot from our place and we'd get a payment per hour but now they sort of lost that business because mm. of airbnbs and i think that's why a lot of students have shut down because of that but also models shooting from home photographers shooting from home people kind of converting their homes into like a studio space um which is something that wasn't so common but a lot of people do it to save money now um and it's literally just mental how we can just like set up lighting and backdrop from your home you don't really need to hire a studio as much anymore true yeah also like talking about like camera clubs like camera clubs were like massive back in the day and i think to do photography you'd have to be part of a camera club and to model you'd have to do group shoots now i still do a few group shoots for camera clubs but not incredibly often probably maybe three times a year max i'd say yeah yeah absolutely um so the times have changed and we're talking about as little as probably five six years because i think i joined purple board maybe it was six or seven years ago six seven i always feel like it's way less than it actually is might be 10 but no no, not (laughs) 10 i would say six (laughs) up to seven years ago so we're not talking about a massive amount like period of time it's it's not like 20 years it's as little I, I don't think it's a very long period of time that we're talking about so that kind of gives you like a different perspective to think about that 
So if you're, let's say, you just started in this industry and we have already discussed so many changes that have happened over the past six years, imagine how the industry is going to change in the next five years with all the technology that we have, AI, um, social media rise. Um, I don't know, maybe one day we'll have no models. Everything's going to be AI. I don't know. This is just obviously something that makes me wonder you know what's gonna happen in a five years time considering how much have changed in the past five years enjoying the podcast today before we continue have you been searching for the perfect lingerie hosiery or more look no further lingerie lowdown is your impartial consumer champion with over eight years of experience in reviewing these intimate essentials. We've got you covered, or should we say uncovered, with over 10,000 full-length video reviews from over 750 brands, you'll find honest insights and discover hidden gems. Use promo code DIGEST10 when you join our website to get a 10% discount on your membership at www.lingerielowdown.com forward slash join. Let's get inspired together. Now, back to today's podcast. Um, so, yeah, so when it comes to Aurora kind of tapped into this sort of uh, topic about studios, accommodations, Airbnbs. So when I started six years ago, it was all studio-based work. Models were working at the studios. There were so, so many studios in the UK. I remember in Leeds, we had probably like four or even more studios. Now I don't even know a single one. Maybe there's just one somewhere, but I've never probably used it. Uh, Lots of studios shut down, like Aurora mentioned. Then I remember that I, I don't know whether I saw, saw somebody else doing it or maybe that was my ex-boyfriend's idea but he said why don't you go to a different city like Birmingham I'm based in Leeds so I was looking for different cities to go to Um, and he said why don't you just book an apartment like a hotel room actually that was a hotel room back back then because I don't I didn't know about Airbnb back then and he said why don't you book a hotel room and get people in instead of trying to find a studio instead of trying to go to people's places like photographer's places he just said you know it's a bit of a safety issue for me as well because you're my girlfriend so why don't you try to book your own hotel room where you can stay and you can just get people in and you can maybe increase some um, some of your rates and I'm not sure whether it was fully his idea but something that he definitely suggested and I thought yeah why not and I booked a hotel room and that got got a very good response right and yeah I did the shoot it went very well. And I remember that wasn't a popular thing to do because most models would travel to different studios. So I started doing that with different cities. And I remember once I went to Dublin, which was kind of abroad because it's a different country, not that far away. And I did the same thing and I really liked it. And I think that was just the beginning of all these sorts of like apartment shoots, Airbnb. I think back then I didn't even know about Airbnb. It was just mainly booking.com. Because uh, oh, Expedia, I think that was quite popular. Oh and my I, god, Expedia! Expedia. I haven't heard that name in a few years. Yeah, <laughs> Expedia, yeah. Um, Booking.com, and I think Airbnb started slowly 
um, appearing um, maybe a few years later, maybe a year later, two years later. But yeah, that was the beginning and that was quite new what I was doing and a few other models, but it wasn't popular at all. It was a very, uh, very new thing to do. So it's nice to think back. And now we have so many options as models. You can shoot from home, outdoors, at the studio, um, you can get like a really nice apartment and have a solo shoot, duo shoot. You can organize a group shoot as a model in these beautiful apartments and you can get such a high variety of places, such unique places. You can go anywhere you want in the world these days, organize something, rent a really nice place and get your photographers in. So I, I absolutely love the fact that we have all these options these days. Yeah, it's definitely diversified in the like sense of options. And also we'll talk about kind of like content sites and just content creation, stuff like Patreon, OnlyFans. Like the weird thing is photographers used to have a content site. They would book a model and they would sell the content. But now it's kind of direct to the model again. So models have their own profile for say OnlyFans and it's another way to kind of bring in revenue and income. But I find it's also a good sense of security, like financial security, because you're getting money another way. Um, so it's just interesting how like OnlyFans wasn't even a thing like many years ago. I think models, if you wanted to be a model, you could kind of only shoot with photographers or for yeah. their websites now. Some models don't even shoot with photographers. They shoot their own content on their iPhones, like in their bedrooms um, and have their own content sites and stuff like I want clips and stuff. Um, and there's a few big models on Purpleport who actually have in their profile, this will be my last year of hobbyist modeling with amateurs. I'm only going to shoot for big companies and for my own personal sites because they're actually in the financial position to not do photo shoots with photographers when I don't even think even three or four years ago, people would be lucky enough to have that financial freedom and security it's madness it's it's really ironic and also really it's a big paradox at the same time because photographers would complain that you know um this is not modeling what we're doing this is not this is not being a model anymore um and they get purely not yeah annoyed with the fact that you know some models prefer to shoot for only fans and it's a sex work, which, okay, it is. But these photographers very often seek something more than just photography. These photographers very often seek the same things that we, that OnlyFans is about, like an experience. So it's a bit ironic that they kind of hate it. But at the same time, that's exactly what they want to do with models. You know, photograph a beautiful woman, be around a nice naked woman. Um, but they would hate the fact that we do the exact same thing, um, but everything's kind of in our hands. So, yeah, it's a little bit funny listening to... I, I don't think... I don't know whether people talk about it anymore because OnlyFans has been in the industry for a very long time now. Everyone knows OnlyFans. When I started, nobody knew OnlyFans. I remember when I started, I think my first account was probably in 2017, 18. I didn't do it properly for a few months or even years, but I remember when I started, nobody knew about OnlyFans, not even models. There were literally three models that I knew that had OnlyFans because I followed them on Instagram. I knew that they had an account, but then most models would have absolutely no clue. Photographers, no clue. And now you talk to people, I don't know, sometimes people would ask me, 
um, just people, I don't know, in the supermarket or just people out of industry, let's say, they will ask me what I do for a living. And I would just say, I produce content. And they will ask me, oh, is it OnlyFans? And I'm like, how the hell do you know about OnlyFans? <laughs> Everyone knows about OnlyFans. Yeah. Literally, it's very rarely you would have a person out of our industry who would know about OnlyFans. Um, so yeah, so it, it was quite interesting to see how much of a backlash uh, OnlyFans got from photographers. Um, and it's a pure frustration from their side. The fact that, first of all, they're not in control of, of us and they don't like it, I think. And second of all, we have a choice now. And they probably felt a little bit rejected <laughs> or without any purpose. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's the right, um, I don't think it's the right approach to be bitter about it. I think it's good that we have choices because we can all evolve, you know. I think photographers about OnlyFans always kick off about levels now because a lot of models have lowered their levels with photographers and hired their levels on OnlyFans so that they can have like exclusivity on levels and earn more money. So one photographer said, oh, I shot a model and she kept covering her breasts because she said she only wanted to show topless on her OnlyFans or people with their legs crossed, but then on the OnlyFans, the legs are open and photographers get upset that they can't have the highest level of that particular girl because this they're reserving crazy. it for their only fans and they feel entitled that if you're going to do one level one place you should be doing it with them but it's completely different on how comfortable someone's going to feel in their bedroom to in person with a strange man who you literally met about 10 minutes to an hour ago i don't think as a model yeah, you don't mental. owe anybody any sort of explanation it's, it's your body it's your product i decide as a business what i do with it and that's all it is yeah, so I started shooting remotely, is it three years ago? Ever since the pandemic started, I had like literally bucket loads of cancellations and I just had to literally brainstorm um, for another way to shoot remotely. And I think I saw one model doing it on Purple Court and I felt a bit intimidated about it. So I bought a camera, I played around with it, I played around with the software, I watched YouTube videos and read articles online and I taught myself how to shoot remotely. And I also ended up teaching a few other models how to do it as well. So how it works is photographers can control my camera and settings from their location. So I use Canon EUS Utilities at the moment. I used to use a software called Digicam Controls years ago. Um, but what it is, is it's a little bit like Lightroom. You've got the aperture, the shutter speed. I shoot in live view so photographers can see me moving in real time and they can control the settings. So my camera's sort of firing almost like a ghost camera and I'm talking to the photographer and I can hear them. Um, and the best thing about shooting remotely is I can work with photographers from America, Australia, Canada, all over the freaking world from my own living room. And it's brought me a lot of financial freedom in a way that I don't always need to rely on local photographers because I've got literally the whole world at my fingertips. So it's great. Obviously, I would say remote shoots have slowed down since like the oh, pandemic. Like okay. I would say like during covid i would shoot remotely every single week like some weeks i'd shoot like maybe four to six times a week remotely now i would say remotely i only shoot once to three times a month four times a month on months that are cold weather and stuff like that but yeah it's very interesting what how technology has evolved because i think years ago that wouldn't have even been possible i mean to this day there's not actually proper software called remote shooting software you have to share it i forgot to say on Zoom with remote access, you have to share. So you're using two different systems together to try to create something. So it's not gonna be perfect. There may be technical issues, but 
Yeah, I love it. I've learned so much about photography from shooting remotely. I get a bit more tired. I feel like if I shoot remotely for three hours, I feel like I need a freaking nap afterwards. Yeah. Because my brain is like, right, I need to do the lighting, I need to do the camera, I need to listen to the photographer, I need to train him on how to use the software. So it's like you kind of have two jobs as a model when shooting remotely. Um, model and sort of studio slash software assistant. But yeah. And there is, good. Uh, I think with remote shoots, there is no break really. Because when you shoot in person, you have a bit of a chat, you go get changed, uh, you, then again you have a chat, then the photographer is fixing his setting with the camera. So you do have more of a like um, time for yourself to kind of like rest your head. And like you said, you're doing basically two jobs as a model and as a Yeah, I'm literally running backward and forward like a headless chicken because he's like, yeah. right, the framing's wrong. Can you, your head's out of shot. So the camera's on a tripod. So I'm quickly lifting my tripod up and then running back and then pose, 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 go back and forward, back and forward. Yeah. Um, but sometimes shooting remotely, I've had the most chilled photographers who literally just want to talk to me, like, and, oh, and nice. really, really chilled shoots over really, really intense ones as well. But I would say they're a lot more productive than shooting in person because there's no tea and there's no biscuits and there's no things like oh. that. Because I'm, I always say to them, I'm so sorry I can't offer you a cup of coffee because you're not really here in real life. I'm trying to think whether there's anything else, but that's probably the main kind of yeah, the main, the main and things. how, how yeah. the things have changed. But the main, I think, just to summarise it very quickly, I think the best thing that could have happened is the power dynamic that's been kind of reversed and been given to models for... I think the first time ever, uh, it's been always photographers in power, in control of our image, levels, rates. And now these days, we are in a very good position as models to decide about everything we want and still get a good volume of bookings. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest difference. Having more control, more possibilities, opportunities, social media platforms that kind of help with bookings, with marketing promotion you don't have to rely on agencies that rip you off very often yeah they take quite a big cut like some agencies take from 20 to 40 percent yeah but they do kind of take a big cut of your earnings and yeah. we get to take all the money ourselves everything well, we love taking of, every penny you have to kind of give a bit to hmrc you know? yeah obviously if you, you have to pay your taxes but, yeah. Um, yeah but you can have expenses yeah you can you have can a lot of expenses as a model you can claim everything yeah. literally everything yeah um, but anyways, I think, yeah, we should kind of round that up. So I'll let you guys know um, our social media. So I'm Aurora Phoenix um, and my Instagram is at Aurora Phoenix model. My Twitter is at Aurora Phoenix 4. And I also have a naughty OnlyFans profile. She's Only... very naughty there. <laughs> yeah, it's not that naughty. <laughs> I saw um, her doing content yesterday. I was like, where do I live? <laughs> um, it's OnlyFans.com <laughs> slash, at, um, slash Aurora Phoenix 4. So yeah. Yes, check it out. It's 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 amazing, seriously. Um what, you subscribe? <laughs> no, I saw you live preparing content. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> um as for me guys, feel free to join my OnlyFans as well. My name is Monica Lara Smith, so if you put it in your Google search bar, you're gonna find me. And also I'm Monica Lara Smith on most of my social media platforms. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, did I say Twitter? And all the other sites, modeling sites. So yeah, feel free to give us a follow, a like, let us know how you like this podcast. And if there's anything else you would like us to talk about, let us know in the comments. Thank you so much for watching us. Have a gorgeous day. Hopefully the weather is as glorious as here in Sweden, surprisingly. So yeah, lovely seeing you and have a fabulous day. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Lingerie Lowdown podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the ride and are feeling inspired to embrace your unique style. Remember, we release new podcast episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Don't miss out on the twice-weekly excitement that awaits you. So until next time, keep expressing your confidence and celebrating your beauty. This has been the Lingerie Lowdown podcast, your ultimate source for style, passion and empowerment from the world of intimates and more. You can find us on YouTube, Rumble, Instagram and Twitter or come join our website. Stay fabulous and we'll catch you soon.